Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Rock flag and eagle. All right, welcome back to another edition of Chair Gaten. We are live in Austin, Texas. This is your official NASCAR podcast for Belly Up Sports, and I'm your host, Rattlesnake, here once again with, I would say, the most reoccurring guest on this podcast, uh, yeah. Eric, Eric Estep. Feel out like of the I, groove? I feel like I live in this apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. My wife always makes me clean before you come over, and it's driving me crazy. Yeah, I, but I live here. I should be the one cleaning now. Yeah, that's yeah. true. My, I mean, Since my I don't dog, pay Princess rent. Leia, already loves you, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to be back, though. Excited for another episode. Yeah, we were just talking about how you're... Your channel's been blowing up and out of the groove. Yeah, that's that's been cool. Yeah, YouTube, the NASCAR YouTube community in general has grown so much just in the last even six months. Absolutely. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure every person that already listened to this podcast has already subscribed to you, so I don't even have to brag about it, but... <laughs> yeah, j- just in case. Uh, just yeah, in subscribe, case. Subscribe. Uh, <laughs> helps me out a ton. No. Yeah. <laughs> And you got a new sponsor, by the way. I did, yeah. I've actually got sponsors on Out of the Groove now. I'm like a, I, I, it's like a real NASCAR. You can give show. them a shout out. What's the wallet company? Oh, yeah, uh, Ridge Wallet. They, no, and the only reason I was wondering is because I was looking at them online mm-hmm. before I even saw your sponsor, and I was like, those seem like really cool wallets. I got one in my pot. You want to see? Yeah, it? Yeah, I actually right, do. Because I, <laughs> I was considering getting one before yeah, I even saw, saw your sponsor. It's by pretty them. rad. It's it's it's, it's pretty futuristic. Now, now that not, is so cool that you got them as a sponsor because yeah. yeah, I literally was looking at them like the other day online. It came up. Yeah, that is cool. they're not even paying me for this ad spot, but uh, yeah, they they're not. Speaking yeah. of ad spots, I have an ad spot, and they will pay me. Uh, Tixblitz, uh, Tixblitz dot com. That's T I X B L I T Z dot com, uh, and they have NASCAR tickets. Perfect. So you can look into that. The good thing about this one is, yeah, they guarantee your seats like every other site. I don't know who doesn't. I guess Craigslist, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the the great thing about this site is that. The price that you pay is the price that like you see online. There's no service fees. 
So that's pretty great. When I was looking at Texas Motor Speedway, um, their tickets were $70. And I was looking at StubHub, and it was like 62 I believe. But then that service fee. That and it in jumped there. up to like 84 or yeah, something. Yeah, you got to watch out for them service Exactly. Fees. So also if you type in this code, belly up, no uh, spaces, all caps, B-E-L-L-Y-U-P, you get 5% off. So that's even lower. So Dang, That's a good deal. I know, right? It yeah. actually is a pretty good deal. Um, I've, I've done other ads before. I'm like, yeah, whatever. That one actually is a pretty sweet deal. <laughs> yeah, I believe in that one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So let's get started. I, I always say, like, oh, we're going to make this a short episode. But with you being here, I know there's going to be a long episode. Probably. I, I, I can already feel it, and so do I, especially when I'm with you. <laughs> so it'll be probably a long episode. So everybody strap in. Hope you're on a road trip or something so you can enjoy this one. Uh, I wanted to start out with team rankings like I do every week. I've been doing that all season. Here, I'll put it down so you can see them as well. Okay. And also, you can see how I have their movement from their past weeks. All right. Yes, see that? I, see I kind of set it up like college football. This is a this is a hell of a website you got here. <laughs> What's this website oh, called? Oh, it is uh, bellyofsports.com. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty rad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I see it. All right, let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, so I set this up to – it reminded me of college football because I love how uh-huh. they do team rankings in college sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how they have the movements each week. And, and uh, what I did is – I think I told you about how I set it up. Was I, after each week I take the finish it the how the teams finished for each of their drivers add the numbers together and then uh, divide it by how many drivers they have in the team mm. and then continually add it for each week so it's not a week by week it's overall season okay yeah okay. yeah yeah and then also down here we can talk about in a second I have the single car full time team rankings all right yeah yeah, yeah. and I want to talk about that one because. Bubba Wallace, that's a big topic. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. We can kind of transition into. Uh-huh. Uh, number one, still no movement is Joe Gibbs Racing. They have been number one all season. And, you know, I, I these are essentially based off my preseason rankings, which you were on the podcast for mm-hmm. when we I first talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. And I remember we were having some discussion about where Hendrick should be, where Roush should be, stuff like that. So these are all based off my preseason I preseason had uh, Penske at number one. Yeah. And team-wise, they are not number one. But driver-wise, I think that was a good... I, I'm glad that I picked Penske and Joe Gibbs together yeah, yeah. instead of uh, instead of Stuart Haas. Yeah, I think I, at least coming into the season, I also thought Stuart Haas would, would, would fall slightly. Like mm-hmm. last year, I think they were the best team in NASCAR. Right. I figured they'd be second or third. I thought Gibbs, Penske would both, uh, would both at least get on their level. And uh, I remember we talked about Kurt leaving... And that was like yeah, a big thing. Yeah, that hurt Stuart Haas racing. Like, Daniel Suarez is fine. He's starting to run well last he year. He is. Like three straight top 10s, And I remember I I've told you multiple mm-hmm. times, I, I was don't know why he has hype. And these yeah. past couple weeks, I'm like, damn, I look like an idiot well, now. Because he's starting to run really well. I still don't think he's a championship driver yet. No, but he, he, he no. can be, I thought he'd make the playoffs this year. I thought he'd make the playoffs last year. I got that one wrong. But I, I, I'm pretty confident he'll make the playoffs this year. Yeah, but, I, but, he uh, looks like he's a playoff driver now. But we've seen Kurt. He's a downgrade still from Kurt Busch, though, who's out here almost winning in Dude, mediocre equipment. Most <laughs> underrated NASCAR driver I, in the series. Right I, now, it's Kurt Busch. Yeah, I'm confident about that. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I was saying this at the end of last season. I was like, why don't more people talk about Kurt Busch? 
And I've been Kyle Bush just wins more. I know. I, I think that's really it. They, I think that's it. They, there's a quota for how many times you can mention Bush in NASCAR, <laughs> and unfortunately, Kyle <laughs> dominates most of that. He goes over that quota every single yeah, week. Yeah, so it's like Kurt's got to take like like Kyle's winning. Kurt's over here finishing second, which still should be <laughs> yeah, talked right? about. But like he's finishing uh, like top ten every single week, yeah. top five every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we got Joe Gibbs still at number one, light years ahead of everybody else, that's, and that's despite you know one thing we haven't talked about with Joe Gibbs racing. Not to dwell on this, Martin Truex Jr. Dude. He looks like the fourth best car. Where is he? Which I, I I figured there'd be a little bit of a slow transition period. That's just a small. Like I thought they'd dip it first and then figure it out. Because uh, he still has Cole Perns, the same team that was over there. Uh, and I was going to ask you, what do you think then? What, what's the issue? I don't know. Well, they started. Motivation? They started strong. Well, they did. Daytona was kind of rough, but they ran pretty well uh, at like Atlanta or it was Atlanta. I believe they finished second, or it might have been it was Atlanta or Las Vegas. One of those tracks they finished second at, and I thought, okay, they're back. They're still really good. But like Hamlin's got a win, or Hamlin's got two wins. Yeah. Eric Jones has led. Laps the last yep. two weeks. Kyle Busch obviously is winning every other race he enters. Truex, he's always around like eighth. He's not bad, but I don't know what it is. I do think you know it's a little bit of a hangover. That team didn't make the playoffs the last two years. I know the crew chief and driver are new, but I'll bet some of those crew guys. You know, it's tough to have four super competitive cars every week. There's really. Like, even Hendrick in their heyday, there was always one car that was a little worse than the other three. Yeah. You could just tell. So, I don't know. Right now, maybe Truex and that team is getting the short end of the stick because I think maybe Gibbs is confident that they'll figure it out at some point. Or Gibbs is confident they can get Truex in the playoffs. So, they're not like – they're maybe helping Eric Jones out a little bit. Maybe helping Denny Hamlin out. That could uh, be. I don't know. I, it, it is confusing. They're, they, like, they still haven't been bad. I think if we look at the points, they're fifth or sixth in points. So, that's not bad at all. But they're not – contending really for wins the way the other Gibbs cars are. But yeah. It almost seems like when he was the only driver on a small team winning a championship, mm-hmm. it almost seemed like he had this underdog mentality and he's not as motivated or something. You don't hear him anymore. Yeah. Like you don't it's it's almost like he's just part of a an amazing team now and he's just one of the other drivers. Yeah, he's maybe, not this underdog. Maybe he's lost like that chip on his shoulder, but I don't know. First first year with the new team, you think about like when Matt Kenseth came over to Gibbs for the first time, he wanted to win, and he wanted to win right away, and he did. You think about when uh, when um, Harvick went over to Stuart Haas Racing. He yep. wanted to win right away, and he did, and did a lot. I think when you do switch teams, there's a chip. you have a chip on your shoulder to do well, but maybe something's lacking. I don't know. I think it maybe has just been just wrong place, wrong time. Maybe they're just in a slump. Yeah. Maybe just the easiest way to explain it. And a slump for them is running eighth place. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Because, yeah. I mean, they're the only other team that has won this season. Number two moved up from last week, Chip Ganassi. And it is all because of Kurt Busch. And remember, mm-hmm. these are team rankings. So you And these are backed up by mathematical stats. Statistics. Technically. So I no, it's hard to refute this. Exactly. I cause I did this because I'm biased. Uh-huh. And I will put my I'll put RCR up at like five, even though they <laughs> rightfully are in the bottom. Uh-huh. Uh, and so that's why I did it with the these stats and these numbers. But it's all because of Kurt Bush. Because Oh yeah, he's carrying them. Because Kyle Larson, I don't know what's going on with him. But let's say, for for example, we'll get down to RCR here. Austin Dillon's been running better. He's been getting better uh, later. I don't want to say later in the season because it's still super early. But you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, After the past couple of weeks, I think yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Week, week... He ran well at Texas, had a top was five car. Was it the third week he started? Or is it the fourth week? Either uh, way, I think it was fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started, you know, he had a top 10, and now he's like had 12, 14, stuff like that. So he's getting better. And yeah. uh, you would think, okay, the RCR team should be moving up. 
but Hemrick is still he's just he's had in issues. like the thirtieth, so yeah. it kills their team. So mm-hmm. you have to understand too in this. Um, you yeah, know, the you fact to, that they're second though, despite Larson being exactly, mediocre, that's, and that's what I'm saying. That's how good Kurt Busch is. <laughs> he's been finishing in like top five every single week. He it's killing it. Yeah, yeah. So they're number two. I know it's crazy. I, yeah, I, stats say yes, they should be number two. I'll, I think Penske's stats are slightly. I, I think what kills Penske here because I, I see you have them at third. Not to spoil it for the people at home, but Penske at third. <laughs> I, to me, they're the second best team in NASCAR. I think what killed them was Texas, where they had a guy leading Ryan Blaney, and then he blows an engine and ends up DNFing. You had uh, Brad Keselowski up in the top ten, and then he has like an axle or something. Break. Right. So I think that race killed them. I think if if not for Texas, I think you'd still have Penske in the top. I uh, think two. But, I think yeah. even going back to my preseason, how I had Penske number one, I could argue Penske's the best team because we were just talking about how Joe Gibbs, you know, Truex and Jones are kind of competing for the bottom car, yeah. but like Hamlin and Bush are like way ahead of them. You know, they're yeah. they're competing for wins every single week. Mm-hmm. Whereas Penske, yeah, Blaney doesn't have a win yet, but, but he's been there. He's, he's been there every like almost every single week. He's up there. That's true. Getting trying to get the win. Brad Keselowski's had two wins. Joey Logano's had a win. So they don't have a bad car. No, that's true. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. Collectively, that's Penske what, yeah. is the best. Uh, but Kyle Busch and Hamlin, to, to an extent, are really just... Like, Kyle Busch is at number one. And yeah. I'd say two through four, you could say, is maybe Penske. And then you got Hamlin at five. Yeah. So it, that's a... I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and so that's what's been killing Penske is uh, last week they're in fourth. That's, I mean, they've been, like, down there. And it's because what you just said. They're, like, DNF. Yeah. And it just kills them uh, mathematically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, you know, some of these you just have to take, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, with I, a grain I of salt. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so I guess we said, what, Joe Gibbs, Chip Ganassi, Penske, fourth. They were in second last week. Jumped all the way down to fourth is Stuart Haas. And that's, I think, more where they belong. Yeah, that's closer to him. I mean, I think I kind of joked. I tweeted this, and it was kind of a joke, but I kind of mean it. My favorite thing about this year so far is that Kevin Harvick is not winning. He's just pretty good now. I love it. Like he's not dominating. I like, hate Harvick. This time last year, he was dominating, and that just wasn't fun. No, but, I do like, not like Harvick. I don't want to see him in the Fox booth, by the way. I know people <laughs> have talked about that. That would piss me off. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, he's, he's an okay analyst, but I don't. He's, I, I don't like think him. I don't think he'd be a worthy replacement. I just for don't a, like Walter. him. Um, yeah, that's just personal for me. Yeah. I will say, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about it earlier about how Suarez is making me look stupid because he's actually starting to look good. Yeah, I mean, it's he's, he's got I think three top tens in a row, something like that. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think you might have slightly undersold Suarez. I still think I'm overselling him. I think at the end of the day he's going to. Yeah, be, we, we should get, meet in the middle. <laughs> I think I think you had him like 20th in points. I <laughs> yeah. had him like 10th. I think right. he's, I think he's going to end up 15th or yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think. And you know what? Now I think I'd be willing to admit it. I'm starting yeah. to see some of the more talent coming out in this better equipment. Uh, and not to mention Almarola, although he finished, what was it? He DNF'd, he, right? He DNF'd. He was unfortunate at Bristol. He got caught up in that wreck See, on lap three. Done. I that wasn't put, his fault at all. I should have terrible. put in some kind of math equation for a DNF instead of where That's they That's true, because that, 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 that outweighs it sometimes. That messes yeah, with it really it. does mess with it. I should have thought about that in advance. Because Almirola had like five or six top tens in a row before this DNF. And I was so just going to say, rolling. I would say right behind Kurt Busch, Almirola is the second most underrated driver right now. I, I, yeah, I could see that. I think, I think after last season he made it to the round of eight, people started to rate him a little more appropriately. But he's still, yeah, probably slightly underrated. And maybe, given his consistency, and maybe it's just his personality. You know, he's not very like outspoken stuff like no. that. 
Uh, he's kind of like a Truex type guy. He mm-hmm. just seems nice. Yes. Uh, well, almost to a fault. Mannered, reserved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially in a sport like NASCAR. Mm-hmm. But he is consistent, man. Mm-hmm. He is very consistent, and he's a talented driver. And um, last year, I think I was rubbed the wrong way. Not uh, to Almirola, but the rest of NASCAR fans when Austin Dillon won the Daytona 500. And yeah. everybody was like, oh, that was dirty. He shouldn't have won. Almirola deserved it. And I was kind of rubbed the wrong way about, even though Almirola was awesome and very respectful afterwards, he yeah, was like, yeah. hey, he, he just got the win, he did what he had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that that's kind of all over, and now I'm looking at it in a different light, I'm like, man, he really does deserve a win. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I, I still want to see him win. Yeah, I give credit to Almirola for that one. He didn't fan the flames. You, you, have, you have the NASCAR fans that, I don't know, they're always going to have disdain for Dylan in that three car. Uh, yeah, well, I, NASCAR yeah. fans are just, it seems like... If you're a NASCAR fan, for some reason you were born to be a NASCAR fan, which also means you were born to just be irrationally upset about everything <laughs> and anything. Like anything yeah. that happens, you're just like get on Twitter and just mm-hmm. vent immediately for, yes. for whatever reason. It's uh, tricky with NASCAR <laughs> because at least in football, there's 32 teams, and each week there's 16 winners. And that's 16 a good losers. point. In, in NASCAR, that's every a week, very good point. There's only one winner, and the other 39, the other 39 or so fan bases are always going to be upset at somebody for not winning. And like even <laughs> in the Super Bowl, it's like uh, every football fan watches it, but there's only two fan bases yeah. that mm-hmm. really care about the winner and loser. Yep, yep. Other than the people that gamble all their money away. <laughs> uh, number six is Hendrick. And that's uh, fair. I think Roush was even ahead of Hendrick at one point this year. Or no, did you say my... six? Oh, we're at five, right? Hendrick five. Yeah, Hendrick five. Sorry, yeah. you're right. Uh, I was looking at Roush because yeah, I, yeah. I think Roush has actually been looking fairly good with Newman, and Stenhouse has had a couple. I was gonna say with uh, when you mentioned underrated drivers, I actually would put Ryan Newman probably a second most underrated driver because I think. Early on, I mean, what was it? I think in his second year in NASCAR, back when he drove for Penske, he won eight races. Yeah, in two thousand, and didn't win the championship. Didn't win the championship because he wrecked. Kenseth. That was when Kenseth won. Yeah, Newman was either win or wreck. Kenseth was just eighth place every week or fifth place every week. So, uh, but But it's insane. Yeah, eight wins in a season and didn't win the championship. That was Ryan Newman, poor guy, before he hit his prime. Now he's probably past his prime now, but he's made that six car. He ran top ten. I think he finished eleventh at Texas, but ran top ten. And that was a terrible car. That was a terrible car really up until the end of last season when Matt Kenseth had right. a couple top 10s right. at the yep. end of the year. Uh, so up until like the second half of last season, that car hadn't done anything since so, practically since Mark Martin. So maybe not a terrible car, but a terrible driver. So well, it definitely doesn't make Trevor <laughs> Sorry, Bain look it doesn't look, make Trevor Bain look great. But at the same time, Newman's what? He's like he's still running 15th. You know, it's not he's not he's, out there contending for wins. And he's an older driver. Yeah, the thing is like Newman he's been around for a long time. When they when Roush announced they were gonna put Newman in that car, I, I thought to myself, okay, at least they're putting a veteran, but I thought Newman's past his prime. Yeah, he was I running the same exact. Thing. He was running twenty fifth in RCR yep. equipment last year, and I, I thought, thought the same thing. I, I said, thought, okay, they're just dying. Yeah, I'm like, what's he gonna They're do gonna slowly a, die. What's he gonna do with Roush? Like, yep. if he can't run better than that in RCR, like Roush isn't much better or any better than RCR. What are they gonna do? And but sure enough, this year he's been last couple weeks, even at Bristol. I don't remember where he finished, but he was running top ten for most of that race. Well, uh, what at Bristol? Bristol last today week? or last uh, week? Well, he finished ninth. Ninth, yeah, top ten. Yeah, finish. um, and this goes back to an article I also wrote. I think it was titled uh, "Austin Dillon's Actually a Good Driver on a Bad Team." Yeah, and I used Ryan Newman as an example a couple times of saying I think RCR really is that bad. They might be I worse than Newman, I think they are. <laughs> I really think they are, and uh, I think Newman was a better driver, and you're starting to see it back again at Roush, mm-hmm. who wasn't over his prime. 
I mean, granted, his prime was he's back probably, when Matt Kenseth won the championship, to be pa- fair. He's past his prime, but he's still but good. But he was better than he was at RCR. Yeah, like like Matt Kenseth was past his prime, right, but he was right. still winning races. And that's and that's kind of what I was Jeff, saying about... Gordon. And that's yeah. what I was saying about RCR. It's like, I just think they're that bad. Yeah, and you have RCR. It's, we didn't talk about Hendrick too much, but... Yeah, they've, uh, they've uh, Hendrick been, is looking better. They've looked, they're looking better. They've they're, they're they're learned how to qualify. They keep getting guys in the top five. They can qualify. That's about uh, it. But yeah, they still, when the race hits, I mean, Alex Bowman, he's supposed to be good at Bristol. He was nowhere to be seen yeah. this last weekend mm-hmm. uh, for most of the race. Jimmy Johnson, I will say this, Jimmy Johnson looks... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like the best team, best driver over there. Which is how it's supposed to be, because he's Jimmy freaking Johnson. Yeah, uh, they, they should... Okay, look at 40 laps. He led more laps at Texas than he's led all of Jimmy Johnson and Chase Elliott, they should be up here with competing against Joe Gibbs and Penske. Yes. And maybe even Stuart Haas. Probably above Stuart Haas. That's where they should be based on their drivers. Mm -hmm. But I will say this. uh, I tweeted it a couple days ago. I think Jimmy Johnson is getting a win in 2019. At the beginning of the year, I would have said no. Right. Even now, I think... It's 50-50. I think he's going to do it. Uh, he ran well at Texas. If anybody else other than these two teams can finally get a win and people actually start figuring it out and they start mm-hmm. you know, diversifying think, the wins. I think the problem for Jimmy, I think he, like last year, I think Jimmy lost focus. I think he knew yep. Lowe's was leaving. He wasn't sure if, about his future. He might. I'll bet he contemplated retiring after yeah. last year. Yeah. I think he thought about it. And then he signed the extension and was like, okay, no, I'll stay on, stay on for a couple more years. Um, I think this year with a new sponsor... I think he really came into 2019 thinking, I got to win. Like, th- this is a year well, I got to win. the clash. He caused, like, what, two wrecks? And he did win the clash. And so I give him credit for that. But he was driving like a madman. Right. He was like, I got to win this thing. But I think, yeah, I think it, <laughs> he was driving aggressive because he was, like, eager to, yeah. like, prove everyone, like, I'm not done. I'm the best driver. And we saw a glimpse of it at the end of last season when I think it started to get to him mm-hmm. when he, when he you know, wrecked coming to the checkers at the mm-hmm. Roval trying to make an aggressive right. move. Who, so, who was it? It was, a was it Truex. He hit Truex. Truex. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, that was that, that was, was unfortunate, insane. But I, I think now the only problem for Jimmy Johnson is I think he's back. I think he's mentally back in it this year. Mm-hmm. But he's got a rookie crew chief who really didn't even do much in the Xfinity series, right? So I, I, I think ooh, if he still had Chad Knauss, if they were still gelling, yeah, I think he'd win a race or two this year. But right now, he could steal one. I mean, he he won the Clash, which I didn't see that coming. So I'll give him that. He he's obviously shown capability this year. But, uh, I think he's I a talented know. enough driver to do it without, you know, and, and his old crew chief. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's only a matter of time for Hendrick to start to figure it out. I think Chase Elliott, I, and don't get me wrong, I think Chase Elliott would get a win before Jimmy Johnson. But I yeah. think I could see Jimmy Johnson getting a win again this year. I think I, Johnson definitely could win. I mean, I'm not and then you know what? If he retires, you know, after only like one or two more wins, that's fine. <laughs> but he's got to get like one more he's, win before he's he got, retires. He's got to he's got to get one more win so he can like join that three way tie between like mm-hmm. Daryl and and Allison or however it is. There's like there's like four guys all right there, yeah. like eighty three, eighty four wins. That'd just be funny. I just, yeah, I just want everyone he's, just like yeah, and he has mark. to do it, and he has the tie with championships as well. Yeah, like he's not going to get a championship, but probably not. Yeah, no, let's be real. Probably um, not. and then we already talked about Roush at mm-hmm. six and seven. We talked a little bit about RCR. 
you know, I think Dylan's getting better. Uh, Because if you look at Dylan's first, what was it, three races, when they were just terrible, they were all, I think it was four races, they were all uh, from mistakes. Mm -hmm. Most, almost, I think they were all mistakes out of his hands as well. It was team mistakes. Yeah. And they were making really dumb mistakes. And, (laughs) and, uh, And now, I think they're cleaning up their act. He's looking better. The equipment's still not great. And you can see that also with Hemrick. It's just... You know, RCR just doesn't know what they're doing right now. It seems like no, yeah, they, they seem a little a little lost. Uh, I'll give a shout out to Ty Dillon though for uh, he's RCR affiliated. Dude, uh, he's looked better this year than <laughs> Ty Ty probably ever before. Ty, and we're gonna talk about Ty actually in a second. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number eight is JTG. You know, what are you gonna do? Yeah, what do you do? Busher Priest. I actually see. It. I think Ryan Priest is ahead of Hemrick in the standings right now. We keep talking. It's the rookie of the year battle, and we keep talking about how it feels like Hemrick's been better, mm-hmm. but. I think Priest is right now actually ahead of him in the standings. So well, they're both we'll on bad on teams with bad equipment, so it's go. fair. Yeah, yeah, it's a fair uh, competition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then number nine, I finally added them later, mm. front row because they do technically run three full time cars. Yeah, they're, they're so a I was big like, team technically. <laughs> I was like, it's a full multi car team. I have to include them, mm. and they are just way behind everybody else. Yeah. I mean, but that's where they are. That's just the team that they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then wrapping up real quick with the single car full time teams, uh, Wood Brothers Racing. Paul Menard has been he's been quiet, but he's as always. But he's been really solid. Well, what did he finish at Bristol? Uh, I did he th- said he finished with the top five. I think or he was, was it fifth. He was running up near the top five. Was it fifth? I, I want to say. I can look it. I can look it up. I want to say it was like did fifth you or have sixth. sixth? He finished sixth. Oh, I believe. Yeah, you had it right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is, that's insane. Yeah, like, that, that's that's <laughs> quiet but deadly. That's, that's yeah. Paul Menard. <laughs> so Paul Menard's been doing really well. But number two, right behind him, is Ty Dillon. And I which think it's, it's, it's surprising to see on your list here that uh, Ty Dillon statistically has been better than Matt Benedetto. Right. Matt Benedetto got all that hype after leading laps in the 500. And he had a solid run at Bristol. I think he ran 12th. But Ty Dillon won a stage at Bristol. And yeah. it wasn't all just because of silly fuel strategy. Like, right, exactly. He had to beat Clint Boyer straight up. Yep. And he did. Yeah. And Clint <laughs> Boyer, you know, Stuart Haas equipment. So that was that was maybe the highlight of the race. And who's the <laughs> who's that guy like on Twitter that hated Ty Dillon oh, a couple yeah. years ago? Oh, kamikaze heat yeah, games. That he, was he's hilarious. Not, he's not a, I don't he's not a Ty Dillon fan. That but. was hilarious. <laughs> Everybody was tweeting at him with Ty yeah, Dillon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was good. Oh, yeah, that was funny. Uh, Ty Dillon, man, yeah, he is actually looking good, and he is in terrible equipment. Oh, yeah, it's so, like it's like RC, it's like diet RCR exactly. over there. So, <laughs> like RC Cola, diet RC Cola, <laughs> diet like RCR Cola. Um, yeah, number three, obviously Matt Benedetto, as we just mentioned, and then number four, the drop after those three is Bubba Wallace, and. We'll talk about him in just a second, but just to wrap it up, five, Ross Chastain, six, Corey LaJoy, poor guy, he hasn't done shit since he's got that cool paint scheme yeah. in the Daytona 500, and then the double zero car. The Starcom. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, Bubba Wallace, I tweeted this a couple days ago, I tw- just tweeted the fact that, you know, Paul Menard, Ty Dillon, and Matt Benedetto are all having quite a bit better seasons than Bubba Wallace in his second year you know, in this mm-hmm. car. And I was just kind of like, and I, I know you mentioned this in your video also, like what's the problem here? Is it Bubba Wallace? Is it Richard Penny Motorsports? Is it both? 
I, I, I think most of the problems stem from Richard Petty Motorsports. And I think in a lot of ways, the problems, I don't want to say they're continuing with, in this place, but I think they started with Richard Petty himself. I, I think, unfortunately, when, uh, when two years ago, I think this all kind of came to an end for our, uh, Richard Petty Motorsports about two years ago. They were running okay with Eric Almirola. They'd, they'd want to race with them. They'd run top 20 often with Eric Almirola. And then at the end of 2017, uh, Smithfield left with Almirola. Right. And Richard Petty was unhappy. I remember he publicly blasted him for it. And that was like, ooh. Like, that can't have looked good to other potential sponsors. Think about it. If you're a sponsor, like, hey, maybe we'll sponsor Richard Petty. And then you see, ooh, if we ever leave that team, he might lay well, into us. And wasn't his complaint that they had a handshake deal? A handshake deal. He's That's very, such a cowboy thing to, like, an old-fashioned way <laughs> yeah. of doing it, which in, if it's going to work anywhere, it'll work in NASCAR. But in, even in, <laughs> at the time, 2017, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Like, that's not the best way to be doing business. It's a race car cowboy-type yeah. mentality. So they lost a ton of funding that offseason from Smithfield. And that same season, they switched from Ford to Chevy. And remember mm-hmm. last year, 2018, right. Chevy Camaro started off it's slow. Year for Chevy. So they, they were going through budget cuts at the same time they were trying to learn a brand new car, and they were bringing in a brand new driver. And this is where I think Bubba, Bubba shares in some of the blame. If they had Kyle Busch in this car, they wouldn't be as bad. They'd probably still be maybe a playoff contender. They'd at least know how to set up the race car. It would just be a question be of do they have the funding to, to do it. To be fair with Kyle Busch, they would have a couple wins. Kyle uh, Busch is yeah. a spectacular driver. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Maybe... Kyle Busch, man, he is... Incredible, and I think Daryl Waltrip said it at Bristol. He's like, if there's one driver to watch every single week, and I am not a Kyle Busch fan, but you gotta at some point be honest. Like Daryl Waltrip said it best. He's like, there's one driver to watch every single week. You're gonna watch Kyle Busch because no matter where he is on the track, he's gonna make something happen. I'm not doubting Kyle Busch's greatness, but I mean, if you put LeBron James on the Phoenix Suns, they're still not making the playoffs. I mean, I got uh, you. I don't know. You can put they, they build on the Lakers and they couldn't make the playoffs. Yeah, you, you put uh, you put <laughs> Kyle Busch and Richard Petty Motorsports. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't win races, but they they could they'd run better. The, the thing is, they made had these three big big changes, and they all happened all at once. So they had budget cuts, a new car they needed to try and learn with a rookie driver who had minimal cup experience, and the moment that happened, it was just. They just fell behind, and they've yeah. been trying to get back to it ever since then. But the moment they fell behind and started struggling, they've lost sponsorship. Clicking clothes left. STP, who's been with Richard Petty for fifty years almost, they've pulled back some that of the sponsorship. Richard Petty. Yeah, we're talking about how iconic numbers and paint schemes yeah. go with legendary drivers. Richard Petty and STP mm-hmm. are Dupont and Gordon. Our good wrench and for sure Earnhardt, yeah, like that's insane. And they've they like last few years or forever as, as I can remember the STP 500 Martinsville. It's been the STP 43. Wasn't the case this year. They had I don't remember what sponsor they had. But yeah, somebody that's else a good on the point. car. That's a really good. So point. they have they still are, they've been able to piece together sponsorship. They're able to put together most of a full season schedule worth of sponsorship. So they're not completely unfunded the way like Roush was at some mm-hmm. points and like. The reason Roush has shrunk to a two-car team is because their Greg Biffle would run races unsponsored. Uh, David Reagan back in the day was running races unsponsored. Kenseth was unsponsored for some races. Even Carl Edwards was unsponsored in like 2012 for some races. So they're not quite as bad as Roush was. But the fact, the problem is Roush was a four or three, four-car team. Richard Petty's a one-car team. If right. you can't full, find full sponsorship for uh, one team, your only car, <laughs> the iconic 43 with the only African American dri- driver in NASCAR right now, you know. That's a problem. And I think Bubba Wallace said last week, he said he was kind of honest about a lot of this. You know, he kind of stated it all starts from a, comp- a competition point of view. Like he talks about, he even said in a quote, something like, he's tired of playing the race card to get sponsorships. He wants to be competitive. He wants to perform 
on the racetrack, and, and that can be what brings in new partners. And that also reminds me, like, why I initially liked Bubba Wallace, because it's hard to keep liking a driver when they're not doing well, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're not, like, a diehard fan. Right. Yeah. I get Bubba Wallace has his fan group. I liked him. You know, kind of like a Blaney. Uh, yeah. Like, what's, I like these drivers. What's not to like about him? Exactly. Yeah. And then that quote and, like, what he said reminded me. I was like, oh, yeah, I really like Bubba Wallace. <laughs> like, yeah. everything he said, I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing is, you know, part of it is his race. Part of it is, you know, his background. But also, I think a lot of it's his personality. He's gotten a lot of media opportunities. He's gotten a lot more exposure than the average Cup Series driver in 2018, 2019. I the problem right. is he I just hasn't. He just hasn't gotten the results. And right. I think that's the problem. Is you know, sponsorships are with you, personality-wise, race-wise, all the type of stuff. Type of stuff. Type of stuff uh, sponsors are with you up to a point, but at some point, if you're you know, even Danica Patrick, go daddy. After three or four years, we're finally like, we, we can't keep sponsoring Danica Patrick. She's running thirtieth. Right. <laughs> like we right. can't keep doing this. So at some point, for Bubba Wallace and and Richard Petty Motorsports, the performance is going to come into into play. And I, I don't know. Their future, you know, the fact that Bubba kind of acknowledging a lot of this publicly for the first time is, I think that helps the situation, but I don't think that's going to necessarily immediately, you know, turn things and start having things start go the right direction. I still think they're in a deep hole and they might not be around after this season. See, and I don't think it helps. I don't think it hurts them at all. And I don't mm. think Bubba was trying to hurt them. Uh, I don't think it helps, though. I think it just is now more public knowledge what we've all been kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just going to, they're going to keep progressively getting worse and keep losing money. But at least we all know now, like <laughs> what's going on. Like, thank you, Bubba, yeah. for telling us officially this is the problem. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it's inevitable at this point. I don't see anything happening to change. You mentioned the idea uh, before the show. You mentioned what if uh, what if RCR like kind of because they have an alliance with RCR currently. What if they kind of absorbed uh, Richard Petty Motorsports? And I want to give credit to whoever that was on Twitter. Oh, I yeah. cannot remember your Twitter handle. I'm so sorry, but somebody, if you're listening to this, you tweeted that, and I thought it was an interesting point. So yeah, I don't know if that would <laughs> I don't know if that would work out because we I mean we already talked about how RCR is not in the best best place right, right now either. I don't know if they'd be able to expand to a third team like that. Well, but. they have the number. They have thirty one if they wanted to That's have true, yeah. run three cars, and they do run three cars occasionally. They have a Reddick has a couple. Has yeah, a couple so races. but if they wanted to run three full time cars, they could. They probably I mean, could. what was yeah. it like two thousand sixteen when they or two thousand. They had three... 17 was their first year to go to two cars, wasn't it? With Austin Dillon and... It might have been, yeah. I think you're right. I'm pretty sure. So it wasn't long ago that they were a three-car team. And I think you're right. I think it's finances for them as well. I think that's the reason they're not going back to a three-car team. Yeah. Because they have the numbers. But, yeah, the point was, what what he said on Twitter was, like, how cool would it be if they just kind of absorbed uh, Richard Petty Motorsports and... Not, not even necessarily that, but just kind of by the number 43 yeah. and ran the 3, the 8, and the 43. I wonder if RCR, if Richard Childress personally would be okay with having the 43 as like one of his numbers. Like I don't know. I don't know how strong a rivalry is there, but you just you'd, maybe you'd be at some sort of competitive thing like – yeah, you know, like Jack Roush wouldn't want to run the twenty four, at least not with like Jeff Gordon's font or. Anything but you like that. know what? I guarantee he would get over it when he saw how much he could make on merch sales. <laughs> I guarantee true. he'd be like Bubba Wallace, <laughs> yeah. the most marketable driver probably right yeah, now yeah. in the forty three with slightly better equipment, so maybe he can actually get a win or a top yeah. ten finish. Yeah, I'm taking that deal. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think I think you're right. The here lies the problem is that's not the team that's financially ready right now to do it. No, yeah. But it would be cool. It would be cool. Oh, we, the NASCAR fans can dream. I know. I will say like part of Bubba when he when he gave this uh, speech or talked about this last weekend, 
it sounded to me like he was kind of almost pleading like, hey, if there's a, a company out there that can give us full funding for a certain number of races, we can go win races. I think he had a quote in there. It was something like, you know, a lot of company companies don't understand that you need to spend money to get results. Right. And and so it sounded to me like Bubba was kind of sitting here thinking like he's either kind of getting shortchanged by a lot of one-off sponsors. And it's like back when they had Smithfield. Now, this is the problem though is Richard Petty had this great backing from Smithfield and they still couldn't do a whole, whole lot with it. They're better than they are now, but they weren't great. So I get what Bubba's trying to say. It sounds to me like he's just trying to kind of convince people, maybe potential sponsors, that, hey, if you give us money... You got me, you got the 43, we can make something happen. Yeah, they just need like a full season sponsor. Like one big sponsor if, if they could get, to step up and pay for everything. If they could get that, they'd be... I think they could get back to at least being a top 20. Because are there even team. any more like full season sponsors? Well, I guess uh, Kyle Busch. They have a few. With Mars. Mar- Mars Candy sponsors like 30 of the races. FedEx, uh, Ally, those are the two big ones. Yeah. Um, but other than that... Um, it's kind of sad. I wish there was more. Yeah, like Pennzoil does a lot. There, there's a decent amount still out there. Pennzoil sponsors a lot. Uh, Miller Lite does a good amount. And I'm actually working on a blog now, and I, I might have discussed it in the podcast at some point, but this kind of bleeds into the idea that uh, Dale Jr. mentioned it in one of his episodes was one of the problems right now is marketability in NASCAR, but it's also like brand recognition. And it goes back to what we were talking about, how like DuPont is with Jeff Gordon. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Goodwrench was with Dale. And the problem is these drivers aren't getting the full season-long sponsors that they used to get with yeah. like one paint scheme, a design that you recognize. Maybe not even one paint scheme, but you know what I mean. Like a Similar paint, yeah. Kyle Busch. They change up his paint scheme, but you know it's M&M's or Skittles. It's always similar. You, you know what yeah. I mean? He only has a couple interstate batteries cars, but mm. he you almost know when you're coming up, going to a track and you have an M&M's jacket on, everyone knows you're there for Kyle Busch. Exactly. And uh, Dale was talking about how uh, soccer, professional soccer, like they do something similar to where um, on their jerseys, they, sell, they just have a big sponsor on their jerseys instead yeah. of like a team brand or whatever. Yeah. And they'll keep their soccer jerseys the same color. Like, let's say your team color is red, and they just have to get, tell the sponsor, like, hey, we can't change. Like, this is our brand color. You know, like That's if Austin Dillon, you know, wanted to keep the red, black, and white three, Dow works perfect, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the other, other sponsors, you just kind of have to tell them, like, we can change the paint scheme a little bit, but we got to keep this, like, that's our brand. That'd be interesting. I don't know how that would work. The 43 does a pretty good job of it. They always got that little swoosh on the side. Yeah, and they try to keep relative colors. They've added, like, purple in there a little bit. Like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was a a pretty cool idea because you want to show up to the track. You know, you're a Chase Elliott fan. You want to show up to the track in your Napa gear, but he's running a Hooters car, and and you look nothing like what he (laughs) looks like. And you're like, I I can't associate myself really with that. Yeah, I, I think that is a good point. I think... I don't know. The easy answer is just NASCAR gets more popular and more mm-hmm. and more companies right. want to spend more money. That's the easy fix. But but that would be like essentially this would be ideal for a team like Richard Penny Motorsports and Bubba Wallace, where they have an iconic number, iconic paint scheme, and they have like one season long sponsor, and they just put that in their brand, and that's like mm-hmm. kind of like STB, you know, like you just recognize them. That that could be really cool. I don't know. I I, I guess that would work. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. That'd be great for their team. I think it'd be great. It would be good for, for marketing purposes because you're right. You know, one thing that sets NASCAR apart from other motorsports especially is the iconic, the, the recognition of the paint schemes, the look, the the fact that it's, you know, recognizable sponsors like, oh, the Hooters car. Well, oh, we got the Hooters down the road. Like, oh, it's great. It's the Hooters car. You know, that's great. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that would be interesting. And I, I actually like uh, the Air Force uh, purple with like the lightning for yeah, Bubba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I like him with the purple also. That looks cool. That does look cool. If they could like transition to that being his full-time thing, <laughs> I would be cool with that. That'd be cool. Well. Yeah, that's the thing is, how would each team like pick their colors like right now? Like, right now, would, would Kurt Busch just be like, okay, I guess I'm black. Uh, Kurt Brad, Busch is... Brad Keselowski's like, we'll be blue, and, and then... Eric Jones is what yellow or red? Like, I mean, surely you have like a marketing team like figure out. Yeah, what's yeah. Best. Like, like, um, is, I think most drivers already have a, a semblance of yeah. you know their color schemes that goes with their number and stuff that people recognize, mm-hmm. and maybe you just go with that. Uh, well, see, and, I, my, you know, maybe the eight with Daniel Hemrick. He's been doing a lot of gold and yeah, black yeah, yeah. lately. That could be a cool. It, it'd be neat for especially like the casual fan to see more. You know, it'd be quicker to recognize mm-hmm. based on color different drivers. For the hardcore fan though, I do kind of like the difference. I like that Interstate Battery has their own big bright green version of Kyle Busch's and car. And see, the solution to that is you have uh, completely different paint schemes with different colors for certain races. Let's say like the veterans race. Oh yeah, you can do stuff like that. Throwback race, totally different. Obviously, you still get so some you of that. have like certain races throughout the season that you could. Completely change up. Everybody knows you change up completely. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, I'd be down to try So that. Kyle Busch could run his green interstate you know, batteries. <laughs> That's a perfect throwback scheme for Kyle Busch, by the way. At this point, yeah. He's Why run not? It long enough. Yeah. And, well, no. Be, the Give old, the Bobby Labonte old Exactly. Throwback. They did that, I think, a few years back. I, I That's think pretty you're cool. right. Yeah. And it was, a, it was I one loved, of my favorites. Yeah, I loved Labonte's old interstate battery mm. scheme with the, like the... I wish they'd get rid of this candy cane, watermelon looking thing. I know. They I don't like it. it. I like Labonte's interstate battery yeah. scheme. Yeah, I like even Kyle Busch had like kind of a more white and green one from a like it was more of a base white with like green logos on it from like four years ago. That one was cool too, but they don't they like the candy cane, I guess. Maybe grabs, that just grabs the camera. It definitely is iconic now. There are literally no other paint schemes that look like that. Right, and he runs it often enough and wins in it often enough that I guess Aaron yeah, he's like it's out of our hands. Yeah, we're the pinstripes now, the Yankees of NASCAR. Speaking of NASCAR popularity and marketability. Uh, Bristol. Oh yeah. See how I tried to transition that. Yes. Was that a smooth transition or was that rocky? It was. It was good. I'll give it a, a, a seven point five. <laughs> it was like it was like kind of smooth, like a dirt road, yeah. and then it got rocky, and you're like, it oh like shit! A, it was. It went uphill for a second there, where you're like, oh shit! Okay, I got to get over this hump. But that was good. It was good. Uh, Bristol. Uh, yeah. So I guess the biggest thing to talk about is just that nobody was at Bristol. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I, that's a, I think I feel I still feel like that's an overstatement because I think they estimated the crowd was close to forty thousand people, which I, you know for Bristol standards, a track that seats like one hundred fifty thousand. That's the problem. Even five years ago, was still filling up one hundred fifty thousand, right. Pretty consistently. I mean, uh, that has to be one of the largest stadiums in America. It's right? one, it is one of the. It might, I don't think it is, but the, like the largest. Well, no, I think Indy seats the most. I think Indi- Indianapolis is actually the largest like sports. But event like a bowl stadium. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they how they judge that. Because you'd yeah, have to maybe. compare that to like football stadiums. That's true. That's essentially what it I is. I know when they did that college football game uh, a few years back, Virginia I think that, Tech, Tennessee. I think that set a record for yeah, most attended college football. I think game. so as well. So, I, so it might be. I don't know. But needless to say, when you only fill up less than a third of the place, it doesn't look good. And they especially Oof. close down the corners so people oh. will be more condensed. Which there's a couple good camera angles where they only showed the front and the back stretch crowd. And when those camera angles when they cut to them, I was like, oh, it looks nice. There's a lot of people there. But then of course there's this. And, shots that's, and that's the problem. I think that was a bleaches. terrible idea. I think they were trying to think, oh, this will make it look better. It's like, yeah, but this is a small track. If they put You're going to have like, to zoom out eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to see that. It's yeah, empty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they could have done, like Las Vegas has done it where they'll cover up seats. They're not why didn't they cover it up with sponsorship? Exactly. I blew my mind. Why they, I think some a lot of people were saying that on Twitter, and I was like, yeah. Why not? They easily could have, and I don't know why they didn't. Huge banner sponsor. Even just, even if you don't have a sponsor, just put your Bristol logo right there. That would yeah, have been cover fine. one whole thing of just Bristol. That would have been fine. NASCAR, but they didn't do it, so I don't know why Ugh, they didn't do that. It was um, ugly. On the plus side, I, as someone who's been looking into getting tickets for the night race, that one looks like it's gonna. There's gonna be 120, 130,000 people for that one probably. It yeah. looks like it's gonna be mostly full. But, yeah. But yeah, it, it's raised a question, and I think I think the biggest. A lot of people are looking for answers. Why? Why is nobody going to Bristol? I thought we wanted more short tracks. What's happening? Right. I think ultimately the answer it, it comes from it's a multitude of things. I think one factor is this race, the spring race, has been rained out like for the last yep. five years. So it just. I think that was a big reason. one. People weren't talking about it enough actually. Yeah. Because. I thought the same thing. I was like, well, it's been an inconsistency with weather. For sure. And even this race, I think, it didn't ultimately didn't rain, but I think there was still like a 30% chance of rain on Sunday. So didn't it was still it, like, iffy. It looked like it was about to rain. Yeah, right? it might it have like been, a, It rained a... There was one point they had some water on the camera yeah. lens, but it was it, it stayed away. But So there was still a threat But of even rain. still, yeah, you don't want to spend all that money to get up there. Exactly. And I think, you know, but here's my problem is I think that's something new. 10, 15 years ago, there wasn't always the threat of rain. But the mm-hmm. last five years ago, rain has been an issue. So yeah. that, expl- in my opinion, that helps explain why 100 instead of 150,000 we only had 40,000 the problem is I think I've seen a lot of other people point to oh well hotels jack up their prices on the race weekend I'm like yeah but they did that 15 years ago and people still went to the race right and then people are saying oh well Bristol's located kind of in the middle of nowhere and I'm like well it was still in the middle of nowhere 15 years ago right and so I'm like those don't explain to me why there was nobody at this Bristol race ultimately I think it came down to well one NASCAR's not as popular as it was 15 years ago that's yes, just obvious that's the biggest one just let's be <laughs> yeah. real here yeah people. I mean that is that's but that, <laughs> yeah that's the number one reason and then two is I think the weather factor the last few yeah. years has been uh, has has Scared people away from this race. Yeah, I think uh, Clint Boyer doing his little investigation of the hotels. <laughs> Clint Boyer on the ground. Yeah, like, I, love, I love Clint Boyer. Everybody, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. who should go to Fox, by the way. Yeah. I love, everybody loves Clint Boyer. And it was funny, you know, him doing that. But people got way too upset about I'm like, hotels always jack up prices. Have yeah. you ever gone out of town for a sporting event? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they do. Super Bowl comes into town. Hotels are three times I, expensive. And you know what? I don't blame NBA that. All-Star game. Yeah, people are like, expensive. this is crazy. It's like, why? They <laughs> are getting like an insane amount more people than they ever do. Like, of course they're going to raise the prices. Supply and demand, Exactly. Yeah. Like, And they lowered them when people weren't showing up. Yeah. Well, Clint Boyer yeah. even said, he's like, uh, it was... Priced at you know three hundred, but I called and they said they'll sell it to me right now for one hundred fifty. Yeah, exactly. It's it's 
it's annoying if you're a NASCAR fan, and it's the struggle of a NASCAR fans yeah, in general. Like, yeah. a lot of these tracks are in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, even Chicagoland Speedway is more than an hour away from Chicago. It's, like, it's not really in Chicago. So it's like a lot of these tracks are in the middle of nowhere, so often you have to travel, you have to spend the night somewhere. And, and so a lot of people also blame ticket prices. Like, oh, these tickets are too expensive. Well, tickets for Bristol this year were cheaper than they were 15 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so that still doesn't explain it. Uh, ultimately, it's just like... I'm surprised that... Uh, well, I guess you just said they were lower... I am surprised that NASCAR hasn't been kind of like drastically lowering their ticket they prices. They could though. have. I'm, I'm the, a little surprised, but like even Texas, mm-hmm. you know, the cheapest I could find was seventy dollars. I was like, Texas has not dropped their prices at all. And in 10 I go years. to Texas, and I'm like, this place, it's not empty like Bristol, but there is so many empty seats. I can almost sit anywhere yeah. I want. That's what that's what blew my mind too. Is is fans want more short tracks? Uh, we go to Texas, track that has not been good in two or three years. Um, Ticket prices across the board are more expensive for Texas Motor Speedway than they were for Bristol. And we had more people at Texas Motor Speedway than we yeah. did at Bristol. And Texas Motor Speedway is out in Fort Worth. I know it's closer to a big city, which helps, but it's not really a NASCAR hotbed I th- well, I compared think- to Tennessee, which kind of is. Well, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because if you look at uh, statistically where the most people watch NASCAR... It's like, it's like Nashville. Roanoke, Virginia. Virginia, yeah. Roanoke and Lynchburg, Virginia... <laughs> yeah, you're right. ...is That's... the highest... It's like Greenville... Is it North Carolina or South Carolina? South Carolina, probably? I don't even know. It's probably Greenville, South Carolina. And then... Uh, but number one is always the Roanoke-Lynchburg area. It's crazy. Mm. I, I want to move there. Because <laughs> apparently everybody loves NASCAR there. I'm like, hell yeah, I love that. And then, of course, Charlotte. Yeah. But uh, I, I think, though, I do think that being closer to a city and also uh you know that part of the country they have a lot of nascar races that they can go to and i understand bristol's like a great one to go to but you have a lot of options and this was another point that somebody brought up that i i also do think played into a played into this factor uh you look at it bristol was this last weekend in just two days, we're at Richmond, right? Which is just down the road, right? And it's a night race. It's a Saturday night. It's going to be more. It's you know typical Saturday night short track. I'm sure we're going to have more people at Richmond this week than we did at Bristol, and I'm sure some of those people that are going to be at Richmond this week might have gone to Bristol it, it, traditionally, but they kind of decided to pick between the two this year, and mm-hmm. because of the weather issues with Bristol, uh, because of the fact that they still have the night race, which is always a, a big event in the summer, right? You know, like, oh, we'll go to Richmond. Richmond's going to be our night race, little fun short track. But this, I think that's probably why you saw more people at Texas was because we only have two races a year, yeah, and that covers mm-hmm. that covers the territory of Oklahoma, New Mexico. Texas, which is the second largest state in population yep. in the U.S., Louisiana, uh, Louisiana Colorado, Arkansas, <laughs> yeah, like that's a huge mm. portion of the population that they only get two races a year to go to, pretty much, and yeah. that's why they go. If they lowered the ticket prices at Texas, I think it would sell out. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, like because yeah, some people said you should still lower the ticket prices, and that's fine. Yeah, in a lot of ways, I think NASCAR should. One issue, one the reason a lot of these tracks have not. Is you look last year, they, they revealed numbers for, I think it was ISC, who owns about half the tracks. Um, it's not the people who own Texas. It's not right. the people who own the same way. It's the other it's people. It's ISM, right? Yeah, uh, that's uh, it's, uh, I, uh, SMI yeah, owns right. Texas. I'm dyslexic. <laughs> yeah. But ISC revealed their like earnings, and you know NAS- attendance was down last year, and they even said in their earnings, attendance was down. But their overall revenues were still up right. because of the, the billion-dollar TV deal they have, which uh-huh. is where they get most of their money. That's the thing. Right now, racetracks are not incentivized. There's no incentive to racetracks to lower their prices because they really attendance is not what, where they're making their money. They're making money from NBC and Fox. Yeah. In five years when they restructure the t- those TV deals and NASCAR is probably going to get less money from NBC and Fox or whoever, uh, then the racetracks might, will probably be very incentivized.
incentivized to 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 lower ticket prices. That's why I think a lot of tracks, Talladega is investing in upgrading their infield. ISM just upgraded their whole racetrack. Texas built a giant ass TV on the backstretch. Yep. Uh, great. Goes on and on. Like a bunch of tracks are making renovations. Daytona completely renovated the place four years ago. Like tracks are currently investing a ton of money while they have all this money from the current TV deal to then hopefully draw fans back out once I think attendance becomes more important in a few years. Um, so, and, and by the way, I also yeah. didn't notice, I've never known this uh, in my experiences, that hotels were such a big deal for NASCAR because most of the time when I go, like I go to Talladega every single year and there's it's in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, like literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And we all camp. Yeah, I thought that's what everybody did. A lot of people do. I that's mean, yeah, what I always and, and do. And it's still very popular. I didn't in Kansas because Kansas is, I've talked about this before, amazing setup. right? The racing there isn't, but the setup around <laughs> there is amazing. they got a shopping mall and hotels all around the track, and we walked from our hotel just to the track. That's cool, yeah. It's amazing. And so I didn't camp there because there were so many options, and I could just... Pick a hotel. I'm, you know, have the Marriott rewards. I just called them, and they're like, "Yeah, we're filling up, but uh, you got a room." It was like yeah. two days before the race. Wow. Um, yeah, amazing. So I, I only did a hotel there because it was convenient, it was convenient and it yeah. was there. Yeah. So I thought it was. I thought that was interesting because I was like, "Well, Talladega has no hotels anywhere near it." And uh, that's one of the highest, I would imagine, a ticket sales. Yeah, yeah, every single year. And it's just because people just know I need to get an RV or camper. Or I just take my tent. I just mm. get the same spot I get every you single also, year. I feel like the people in Talladega are a little bit rougher than the people, <laughs> the people in Kansas. That's true. But if I was going to Bristol, I would camp. I would go there knowing I'm going to need a spot to camp. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I guess it's maybe it's not quite as much of I a think, thing there. I think yeah. I think ultimately, just in this day and age, where every live sport, NASCAR included, you can sit at home, watch it all on TV, right. on a seventy-inch flat screen, on your couch, eating potato chips. You know, it, it takes more these days to pull people out of their houses and go yeah. to live. Like live sports across baseball, even football's dropped a little bit. So it's like. It's, but that's why I love NASCAR. Maybe I'm just a little bit different, but I love NASCAR because it's the only sport I go to where it's also a camping trip. Yeah. Like, I mean, when I go to Talladega, me and my friends, we're having a camping trip, we're partying, and we're watching NASCAR. It's like mm-hmm. the best of everything. Yeah. And, I mean, and that being even. If they, that, had, if they had hunting also, that that, would, that, <laughs> that aspect's great too, but even just the race itself, watching a live NASCAR race exactly. is unlike really anything else. Exactly. So, uh, I love going to live NASCAR races and everything. I was going somewhere with this. I think, yeah, I think part of the issue with Bristol specifically is I think Bristol's still kind of stuck in this, the, the same model, the same mentality people had 20 years ago, where. You know, you couldn't watch things in HD, so you're more. There's more of an incentive to go watch it live. I mean, I had my friend Danny B. Uh, he was at the races last weekend. We asked him like, "How is the facility at Bristol?" Because we'd heard that it's you know kind of older. And he's like, "Yeah, Bristol's old. Like they need to upgrade parts of Bristol." You know, I think Bristol's still kind of whereas other tracks are taking out seats in favor of more comfortable seating or yeah. adding more experiences around the track. Bristol hasn't done any of that, mm-hmm. and I think that. You know, they also haven't developed the area around it as much. Like you said, like Kansas has hotels all down the all, everywhere. Even Texas Motor Speedway, they just built up Bucky's a few years ago yep. right next to the track. Like a lot of tracks have. Did you see they built all those restaurants now? Too, yeah, next to like the Bucky. Whole, that was crazy. It's like a whole you know little outlet mall. Right yeah, there, right. right? They have the outlet mall, the Tanger or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and Bristol doesn't have that. Yeah. Bristol still they haven't developed the area around Bristol. Maybe they need to market it more like Talladega markets. Maybe I don't know. See, that's that is the that is still where see it still doesn't make full sense because Talladega. Does 
is the same way, and it survives. So why is Bristol struggling? Talladega has a mentality like, I like I said, I'm in Geico lot B, I believe, or is it C? <laughs> it's the it's the party lot outside of the infield, yeah, where there's no curfew or anything, noise mm-hmm. curfew, and uh, um, we're in the same spot we are every single year, and every year we're surrounded by uh, <laughs> a perfect mix of older people in RVs that travel to every single race. Yeah, awesome people. Um, it's the dream right there. Yeah, exactly. That's what me and my wife want to do. And then uh, fraternity guys, like that rent campers and stuff, like uh, that come out from like Ole Miss or Alabama, stuff like that. And it's just a lot of fun. And so you can tell there is this, it's like half diehard NASCAR fans and half just people going because it's Talladega. And yeah. like it, you know, it's Instagram right now is everything. So I mean, Talladega you, you go there like, and you Instagram yourself being I mean, there. Like NASCAR is not super, you know, in the mainstream as far as pop culture goes, but Talladega is. You can thank Will Ferrell for that. Like right. Talladega is NASCAR. That is like yep. when you think NASCAR, Talladega, and Talladega is like the most fun version of NASCAR yeah. people know about. So. And and they yeah. embrace the redneck thing. Like it's fun. Like I wear the cut off jorts when I'm there <laughs> like you know I'll wear my cowboy hat like it's yeah. just fun everybody does it mm-hmm. and it's okay to embrace the redneck stereotype because it's just like the joke there yeah like that's what everybody does yeah. and it's just a good time and so maybe Bristol needs to maybe like look into marketing themselves a little bit better like Talladega it just has. sounds like Bristol in general doesn't really have a selling point besides the race itself because like, they got that little they, slogan it's Bristol baby like yeah but they I don't, don't know. Like, they don't really do anything else around the track make it like a party track make it you know a camping trip i don't know yeah something i don't know this is we're just going off a tangent of hypothetical we're trying to say bristol because i saw some crazy people on twitter said oh we should get rid of the spring date for bristol and give it to another track and i'm like bristol's the best track on the schedule like no 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 and that was the thing is i was like well i wasn't split on that but i loved everybody was like yeah let's add more short tracks and i was like hell yeah and then they're like and we'll take one of them away from Bristol. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> stop, stop, Hold stop. On. That's not what I said. You had me I said I would like another short track. I don't want to get rid of if Bristol. If we can't fill the stands at Bristol, how the hell it's are we going to... It's the best gonna, race. How are we going to get people to go to Iowa? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, consistently. Like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I remember we were tweeting about it, too. And I was like, there's so many good options for more short tracks. But don't take away from Bristol. No. I think, especially after this last race, this last weekend, no. Bristol is... Take away from Kentucky. Sure. Take one from Kentucky. Can we all agree? Just take Kentucky in general. Yeah. Can we all agree Kentucky can... I probably, before going to Kansas, I probably would have said Kansas, but they got the facilities around there, Kansas is nicer. It was impressive. Just, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying the product on the track, but as a fan and going and uh, just having a nice leisurely vacation, that was, the I think, the best one I've ever had with my wife. Really? At a nice hotel... Very nice hotel. Walking to the track, going uh, the day before. It's a, at the the mall. It's an outdoor shopping mall, two story big shopping mall. The hotel's there on the property of the mall, and then right behind the hotel is the track. And we went to that's Dave nice. and Buster's, and like <laughs> we just had such that's a like nice Daytona. time. Daytona's the same way because they got the oh, track, yeah? they got like a, a like a six lane road, which is pretty good for traffic flow. And then around the other side, there's like a Walmart, there's a Cheddar's, there's like a TGI Friday. There's just a bunch of restaurants, some hotels. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty chill. It's pretty yeah, good. it's like it, there's everything you need just right there. We walked yeah. everywhere we needed. And hi, I'm Maria, and I'm Mike, and we're team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. 
Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. They the hotel even offered you know free shuttle service if if you didn't want to walk to the track. Damn, that's good. It was just such a nice like. I gotta uh, go up to Kansas, dude. It was like a vacation, <laughs> and it's um well you don't go to Talladega, but I was gonna say it's closer than Talladega. It's I think a nine hour drive. I've I've always thought like man, I was like it's I'm the not, second closest track. I like like uh, Kansas isn't that far. Talladega's not too far, but it's like. I want to go see a short track race. Like I still, yeah. I've never, I've never been to a short track yeah, race. Yeah, so we're like, we're ah, stuck out here. All these mile and a half, two mile, two. Yeah. yeah, and it was literally a last second decision last year. I decided two days before the race, mm-hmm. I just happened to look up how far it was because you think like Kansas yeah, that's yeah. far. Yeah, it's a couple states. Yeah. I looked it up and it was like nine hours. Yeah. And you know, people listening to this that aren't from Texas probably don't understand. Yeah, nine hours. That's is, not bad. Yeah, nine that's, hours. <laughs> you can drive like fifteen hours and still not make exactly, it out of Texas. Exactly. Exactly. So. so I saw it was nine hours, and I just <laughs> called my wife, and I was like, "Baby, we're going to Kansas. That's that's fun." And we just I called the hotel that night, and they were like, "Yep, we got you a room." And it just <laughs> worked out. It was perfect. It was yeah. it, it was it was a great time. Mm-hmm. Um. Speaking of tracks, short tracks, mm-hmm. uh, we can wrap this up by talking about Nashville. Oh yeah, and Nashville's Nashville's got some potential issues. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I I I can't remember if I referenced this at all in the last episode. Maybe I was saving it for this week. But uh, there's been a couple reports coming out now saying that you know it it might not work. People jumped the gun on this, and I know you mentioned it quite a bit in your video as well. Yeah, that there's the MLS stadium going up there. Everybody already knew that, mm-hmm. but the big problem is the apartments that are going to be right next to the MLS stadium slash right next to the racetrack. Yeah, it just sounds like overdevelopment, perhaps. Twenty feet from the entrance. That's what they said. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that that was what they said. They said like, oh, they're going to build an apartment complex twenty feet away, and the and the owner of the track right now is just like, well, right by the main entrance, like with. 30, 40, 50,000 people. You can't fit that. You to, can't do that. Like, to be like, fair, oh. the, the track should have already owned that property, it sounds like. It sounds like, to me like insane. it sounds to me like it's just the state, or maybe more like the city, the, city, the yeah. track, and just know, just the city and the track have been going back and forth. It sounds like this has been going on for a couple of years, so they already knew the MLS stadium. I think they're fine with that. That would work because they're not going to have a soccer game going on the same day as a, as a NASCAR race. I think it's just it's a lot of these other things. There's a lot of little details that it sounds like they weren't on the same page uh, you know on and then last year towards the end of last year they made it decide to make it public that hey SMI is going to come down here and help you guys try to get NASCAR back and I think that immediately got a lot of fans who are desperate for change it got a lot of them riled up riled up got them really excited and unfortunately I feel like it was it was information that fans didn't need to know about and I think it's a good city for NASCAR like you yeah. know, the middle of Tennessee, they have plenty of NASCAR fans. So I think a lot of NASCAR fans were excited. And it's closer to a big city than Bristol, so it mm-hmm. helps out there. I mean, they're already they're moving the end of year banquet to Nashville, yeah, so right. Nashville's getting getting that you know NASCAR spirit back. So it's all good. It's just kind of it still might work out. There's still a chance it'll work out from what it sounds like because they have been working on it for a while. But I think. It sounds like the owners, the people over at Nashville Fairground Speedway, really thought they can get Cup Series back like by 2021, and that's just not realistic. Even now, even if everything was going swimmingly, that wouldn't—that's not realistic. There's too many renovations that have to be done. There's too much 
to negotiate. So you don't think there will be any um, new tracks by 2021 then? I think there could be. I think Rockingham, to be 100% honest, might be closer to – because they have a real plan. I don't know how far along they are with it, but it sounds like they actually I've have a plan. I've seen photos of it, and it looks great. They have, they have, they have like, renderings. They have like they, cause they, So they have a plan. I don't know how far along they are you know, actually you know, executing the plan, but it sounds like they at least are agreed on a plan. Mm-hmm. Nashville Fairgrounds still doesn't seem like they're fully agreed on what they're right. going to do. So that's why I don't think they're going to be around – that soon well and it's not you know i haven't been out there but from what i understand that's like not a good area of nashville maybe i I, and so i think the city was already more interested in making that area a a nice area right with the new mls stadium putting in these nice new apartments they're trying to like renovate that side of town i guess and i think that um city is probably, I don't know, this is just me thinking outside the box here. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but if it, I just think that the city developers or the mayor, stuff like that, are thinking, okay, we're trying to make this like progressive, new, like liberal, uh, I don't even necessarily want to say liberal, but uh, I know what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like a new up and coming place. The NASCAR, scene. yeah, NASCAR is probably not the best thing for that yeah. whereas professional soccer is yeah and, and soccer is the type of thing where it's a, it's a easy it's a low investment right now because it's still small but it's growing i guess i don't mm-hmm. actually know much about soccer's numbers in america but i'm sure it's growing slowly their attendance is uh outstanding that's, that's and that's the selling point and i talked to you about this a little bit before uh-huh. but um well i'm not from houston but i went to college there mm-hmm. and on campus and at our fraternity parties and stuff Houston Dynamo people would just come and hand us free tickets. Yeah. So I went to like two games of the seven years I lived in Houston because that's how long it took me to graduate college. Um, <laughs> they would just give out tickets for free. And so I think, you know, I don't have any real stats to back this up, but I know the Dynamo is like one of the better franchises in the MLS. They get a high attendance. It's in a big city. Yeah. A very Hispanic city as well. So that's they true. have a, so- they have a lot of fans yeah. there. And I think they have one of the higher year-by-year uh, year attendances. I'm sure. And I know that the, every time I went, it was for free. That's funny. And yeah. I, I think maybe that has something to do with the high attendance because I just don't – I don't see diehard MLS fans in America. I don't, have you ever met one? I've never – like I've probably seen as many like NASCAR T-shirts out in the wild as I've seen Major League Soccer team T-shirts. I think I've seen much more NASCAR I, T-shirts than actually, MLS. Yeah, I might have seen more NASCAR because soccer, really. soccer, no, probably soccer more. But but it's that's all like European, European leagues, yeah. exactly. No, you're right. I do not see MLS fans ever. To I, be fair, maybe I just don't know what MLS team logos look like, and I've just missed a few of these. But yeah, I, maybe. I, I mean, I lived, I grew up in, I've grown up in Houston. I see Astro stuff, Texan stuff, Probably Rocket Dynamo stuff. stuff have you Never. Seen? I occasionally see a guy in a Dynamo hat. And I'm, I and see more like, like ironic comets stuff. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. honestly, Old more WNBA or team. more ironic like arrows, throwback. Oh you know, yeah, the arrow. I, I even had a Houston arrow. Yeah. Hat. I have an Arrows uh, shirt here for my wife. Uh, yeah, so that's – I think my point is like people are kind of hyped for progress and professional soccer. And I think maybe that's Nashville's mentality because it's a city like that. It's a very hip, young, progressive city. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just going out on a limb here. But I have a feeling that it might not work because of its location and the city not wanting it there. It's the type of thing where – I think if they're smart, they'll know there's still a good 
a racing culture in that area. Maybe not specifically right there in Nashville, although there is some in Nashville. Yeah, still absolutely. But the surrounding states, uh, and especially if they're aware of like even just the social media hype. Anytime anyone mentions Nashville Fairgrounds. NASCAR fans across the country are talking about it. Yeah, they're, they're excited about. It. They're interested in it. They have Dale Earnhardt Jr. I believe it's Fairgrounds. Has, Dale Earnhardt Jr. said if they brought Nashville Fairgrounds back to the schedule, he would race. He would come back to yeah. race. So it's like I know got, that's. I mean, Daryl Waltrip lives there. That's like his favorite mm-hmm. track. Like big like, names. Brad like, Keselowski said something recently. Yeah, big names reviews, love so. it. It's it's the type of thing where it would make money for the city. It would bring money in. I think so as Even, well. It might not be as great of a long-term investment as the soccer stadium, assuming Major League Soccer does grow. Yeah, that's assuming that. Uh, whereas NASCAR, it's hit or miss whether or not it's going to grow from where it is right. now. We don't know. Right now, it's bigger than Major League Soccer. If they brought in, if they had a, if yeah, they played, definitely. If they play, played a Major League Soccer game in Nashville tomorrow, and they or they ran a cup race in NASCAR tomorrow, or in Nashville tomorrow, the cup race would draw more viewers. Or but the argument tenants. would be um, there is a shit ton more soccer games, though. You, that's true, yeah. That's you true. have one race. Whereas soccer, yeah. we're going to have a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying the soccer stadium is a bad investment. I think it's smart to put a couple things in that area. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Make that kind of the hub. Like Houston's got you know NRG, the Reliant area, which used to have the Astrodome, or still does have the Astrodome, but that's where the Astros used to play. Then they put the Texans over there. That's like a big a hub or right you know they get well, Toyota now, Center and Minute Maid Parker and right now the Dynamo plays right next to the Astros yeah in fact yeah all and three the Rockets. of those all yeah. three of those are right there on the yep. same side of town and, it's, that, that's and that area has become cool by the way yeah, have you noticed that they've been putting more restaurants and bars over there yeah 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 right by the convention center yeah and everything. that's kind of cool yeah um that's the smart way to do it you know make that kind of your live sports hub and so you might get like you might just you might be able to like do double up weekends. We got the Dynamo, but then we also have late Saturday night, late mile short track racing across the street. Like hit up both. You never know. Yeah. So it may it makes sense. I don't think there's as far as like audience wise, I think Nashville has a good reason to want to bring the racetrack back and bring a soccer stadium there. It literally is just logistics. Do they need to put all these apartments there? Is that going to get in the way of the, the racetrack? But that's my point. Is like why would the city then? be okay with the apartments being built that close when the track says they can't be here and have a race here. It won't work. Why yeah. would the city then still be okay with the apartments coming in? And that's where I went thinking, like, they just don't want to race there. Or they're not that interested in it. it I think they're interested in it. I do think they... they Because they the want city to should come in and just be like, okay, well, you know... And also noise-wise. Mm-hmm. Who wants to live in those apartments? That's true, yeah. Other than me, obviously. Yeah, I, I'd I, live there, but yeah. <laughs> like, but the price like is right. The NASCAR, like, central for living. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no that, non-race fans would ever yeah. want to live there. Yeah, that, that exactly. That'd be tough. It it sounds... I think Nashville... I think the city does want to race back, but I don't think they want to... I think they want the track to compromise with them. I don't feel like they think the track is in a position to negotiate on their terms. I think Nashville feels like they have all the power. The track right. needs to kind of go along because... You know, Nashville, you know, you it's been, you lost a cup race many years ago. So what makes you think you need another one? Uh, it also sounds like they've had issues. The owner of the track or the operator of the track is, has breached his contract, it sounds like. Right. So it sounds, it like, sounds he, like he's been running. He's not on the best terms of with uh, with the city or with people involved with the city. So it's, it sounds like it's just a bad line of communication there. Hopefully they can bring some people in. That's why it's, it is good that uh, Speedway Motorsports and people over at Bristol Motor Speedway specifically are helping them. Right. It sounds like they're they kind need, of there's the intermediary in a sense. They need somebody like they that They need somebody, help. a third party, or they need somebody who's, you know, really... Like like I don't... The name of the guy escapes me. The guy who runs Nashville Fairgrounds. But they need people who are more in tune with the current NASCAR world, which well, Bristol and, Motor Speedway um, is. 
who's who's the person essentially running NASCAR now? What's uh, uh, Jim France? Jim France. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, wasn't he the CEO of one of the companies that owns all the tracks? He yeah, he used SMI to work. Or I think, something. Oh gosh, like now you're right. I don't know. It was ISC or SMI. I do believe it was. I, think, I believe it was ISC because that's the one they've okay. been working towards. Okay. So uh, I was gonna say. So what buy. better person? To find another track and expand than him right now, yeah, because true. that is literally his background is working with tracks. Yeah. So if anybody can help, it, it sounds like it's him. And I know on Twitter I've said it multiple times, and I think I've said it directly to you. Have you looked into the Memphis International Raceway at all? No, I'm not too familiar with. Okay, that. so it's a 0.75 mile oval short track, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's the layout of the track. It's kind of skewed looking backstretch, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Very, but okay, they have big grandstands. Yeah, you can. currently uh, seats thirty five hundred people. Okay, I mean you'd have to like or thirty five thousand. I mean I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I was gonna say that looks small for Earth. Yeah, thirty five thousand people, and you know I, you would probably still want to expand to like forty five. I mean, would that would be like that, that hold an Xfinity or truck crowd right there. And I think they've had they've run Xfinity trucks. Um, they might have even had one cup race there, like way back at some point. But my point is, like, okay, if Nashville doesn't work out, I think Memphis is actually in a better location for a race because Mississippi, Arkansas, they don't have any races, mm-hmm. right? And Memphis is a big city, so you have plenty of hotels and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's closer to Texas, even. Mm-hmm. You might draw some of that crowd, and you might it might actually be good to draw some of the crowd away from Richmond and the Charlotte area because, in a way, yeah, they have too many races to pick from. Right There's just now. this huge empty blank spot over here with Arkansas and Mississippi, and yeah, you know, I don't, I'm not super familiar with Memphis, but yeah, from at least from those sounds, and I, I have heard of it. I know they have run there before, but it'd be something to look into. There's still short tracks out there. The Milwaukee Mile has right. been referred to as a, as a track that maybe they could renovate and, and put it on the cup schedule at some point soon. Yeah, because I um, think my thing, the biggest thing uh, when I'm looking at possible tracks to add to, this, to the series schedule is, like, what's the track look like right now? Mm-hmm. You know, how many stands does it have? Like, what kind of expansion does it need? And uh, you How know, much work would we need to put into this thing? Yeah, yeah. and a lot of people throw out these names of tracks that they used to run on in, like, the 70s. And I'll look it up, and there's, like, grass over it. I'm like, come on. Like, yeah, people will say, like, North Wilkesboro Speedway. Yeah. That one's just... Have you looked at that? It's, it's no. You can go to... You it's can, really sad, by the way. You need a billionaire to come in there and just say, we're starting from the ground up. It's really to sad it. to look at, because yeah. it's a beautiful old uh, racetrack. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I, I look up some of these tracks, and I'm like, that's just... Let's be realistic here. It has to be a track that people are currently running. Mm. It has to have, I think, uh, you know... Ideally, I would say at least twenty thousand. It should seat at around twenty thousand, so you don't need to expand extra. You know, what does Iowa hold? Iowa probably holds that, right? It holds around thirty-five thousand. Yeah. So I was gonna yeah. say Iowa's a good one. Um, also, Gateway. Have you looked into that one? Right. I, 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 I know what it is. I don't know how much it how it probably seats thirty thousand. Yeah, exactly. That's not a bad one because they uh-huh. run races on it. They have the IndyCar goes there. You can do a doubleheader with them. Exactly. That's been rumored. So that's my thing. Is like I want more tracks i want them to kind of change it up a little bit mm-hmm. but i just want people to be realistic if nashville yeah. doesn't work let's like be realistic here let's don't look like at, don't don't if nashville doesn't work out don't be like i guess no short tracks nascar screwed it again it's there's like, a oh. lot out there that we yeah. run on 
that with a slight expansion, go to a, go to a quarter mile track, go to like Bowman Gray or, a, or yeah. go, to, go to Slinger up in Wisconsin. Or yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. They, they, they would but do Bowman that. Gray, that's kind of a cool you, idea. You couldn't fit forty cars at any of those tracks. Bowman Gray. Oh yeah, probably. You not. can barely fit forty at Martinsville. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that is a cool stadium though, the football stadium. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, Pikes Peak. I guess I could look into more as well in Colorado. Because yeah. that'd be cool for them to have a track way out there. I'll just just make every mile and a half a roval and we're set. There we go. <laughs> just do that. And, and just, we're, we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, uh, anything else? Uh, yeah, anything else to talk about? No? Yeah. I, I think know. those are the big ones. We had a lot of big stories. That was fun. Yeah, we've covered a lot. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, good food for thought. All right, well, you have to come back on soon. I, w- I, I will be, definitely. Yes. Okay. Yes. Also, shout out. Thank you um, for the signed oh, photo yeah. of Austin Dillon. Heck yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I'm yeah. going to frame that. <laughs> I'm probably the only NASCAR fan that would frame the Austin Dillon signature, but uh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I'm going to be coming on. Yeah, you'll be on years. our show, which will be on my YouTube channel. It'll be our live stream that we do once a week. It'll be on my channel, though. should be May 15th. Uh, I, know, I don't know. There's a far off probably for people listening to this, probably like a month away, but... Uh, May 15th, it'll be 8 p.m. Eastern. We should have you on for probably okay. the whole episode. Ooh. So, uh, yeah. Well, you this know is, I talk a lot. Yeah, so. we've, been, we've gone for about an hour. Get ready for, I mean, some of the other guys on that show, they talk a lot. So you're yeah. probably not going to be okay. too wore out during that. Okay. But, <laughs> but, but you'll, you'll, you'll be good. But also, yeah. I need to play you eventually on Heat. Oh, yes. Oh, Even if it's fun. not competition, I just want to play you online at some point. <laughs> because I see y'all always, you know, posting videos and stuff of y'all playing, and I'm like... I think I could beat y'all. Oh, probably, oh, probably, definitely. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, like, I'm good oh, at the game. Well, I now guess. Now I feel bad. I was just trying to. I'm good <laughs> at the game, but I'm not like. I'm not. I'll take you on. Like I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna give you okay, the win. Okay. But I've, I'm just I've, saying, like, if you do beat me, I'll be like, oh well. Well, I'm I've gonna... actually never played online against people. Okay. Oh, oh, never. Okay, then never mind. It'll take you a few games or a few races. Yeah. To get the, it takes a little while to. You have to learn. You know. You figure out which cars you need to avoid because it's pretty obvious. You'll see a guy slow on the apron. You'll be like, you'll be like, he's about to take me out. I better avoid him. <laughs> oh, did they take you out on purpose? Oh, they, I get people on my live streams. They'll take me out constantly. Oh, probably not constantly. Nice. Probably, probably a couple people will do it every night, and sometimes it's funny when they miss. You see them try to like hook up right. Oh yeah, right. And they miss and, and they I'm hit like, the wall, oh, and you're like, oh, you're gone. Yeah, that's that's rough, but because you can just play online with anybody, right? Yeah, you can. Like I could just, I'm always just playing random games by myself. Mm-hmm. I should just play online and get better so I can beat you. I don't know. I honestly, offline is probably the best way to train. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the people don't let you get clean laps in online very often. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's been fun. This has been great. Yeah, thanks for having me on, everybody. I hope everyone's enjoying listening. Yeah, and uh, everybody go subscribe if you're not already. And we'll see you next week. Peace. It was straight shot. All it took was love to not get caught. I laid three dimes down in the machine on 25 cents. Soccer was invented by European ladies to keep them busy while their husbands did the cooking. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 